This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman Podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm Jake Amino, the writer-director of The Asian. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Zotcom up in my bungalows. Snake, get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking up with my fucking snakes, genius. With Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Road Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen movie Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Your Skype was being sneaky and told me you were offline. Oh, are you recording right now? Yeah, it starts recording right from the beginning, so... Luckily, it doesn't go out live, so you're okay. I can do some trimming and just, you know, make sure that bit's not there. Do you want to, is it easier, <laughs> let me know, is it easier to hang up and call me right back? And no, not, not at all. I'll take the uh, the MP3 file anyway and put it into a, an audio suite and cut out. Perfect. I once had to cut somebody, they had a cold and they kept sniffing like that. I had to go oh, through an hour and a half conversation with them and edit out their, their, their sniffles. Sniffing? So. Oh, Lord. Guess what? You might have to do that with me again because my allergies are atrocious. But I did not know. Usually you and I get to chat. I was going to say, how's Annette? What's going on in life? But I guess we're not having personal chat right now. So I will shut up. Life is personal, be it movies, be it writing books, be it life coaching, be it vampires. It's all fun. Annette is wonderful. She's working today. So that's Aww, otherwise. Give her my love later. Give her a big hug from me. I will. She's working till ten o'clock tonight, which is probably about Aww. about three hours from now. Then she'll get home, and uh, have some food, and then just you're a good woman. So, uh, but no, she, she's doing okay. How long have you been married now? We well, we've not we're not married, but we've been together eight years, I believe it is. Is it that it? Oh, I thought you guys were married now. No. Eight years? Why do I always think you've been together like 18? I don't know why I feel like eight years, huh? Well, I think if Annette, if Annette was here, she might say it feels like 18 years. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like you got, because I mean, I met you guys, you know, 10 years ago now. Or No, no I guess I met you. Then uh, I met, I mean, I've known you guys at least eight years, no? I think it was probably less than that. I think it was just before Starship came out, if I remember. It was around, I think I started speaking to you when Slime City Massacre w- was coming out. That's 2009, Stuart. So I'm te- te- telling you. Yep, nearly no, 10 years. because you were one of the first people to get on the Ms. Vampy train. Yeah. So, and that was, we did the Teen Talk in 2011, but, I mean, Slime City Massacre, Dahmer versus Gacy, I was doing Sinatra Club in 2009. Like, I'm telling you, you and I have known each other for close to 10 years, maybe wow. nine. Because I'm on, I mean, I, I, I could go back and check later on, and I'll let you know later on which okay. pod, which podcast episode you were on. It was probably something like 20, episode 20 or something, very low numbers. Uh, this episode is now episode 414. Oh, and <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. I mean, and we were chatting even before I ever came on your podcast. Like, yeah. so... I mean, yeah, I think you, we, it may be that it was like end of 09, beginning of 2010, but it's at least eight years. Time flies, doesn't it? But time flies for you, I bet, because you're super busy. Oh my gosh, like ridiculously so. Like to the point where I am, and, and I, I'm happy. I mean, should we just start going? Like, Oh, we have, we okay, have great. the stuff we've been talking about. It's interesting. It's good. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know me. I mean, we've been friends for a long time beyond just business associates, and you've been such an incredible career support for me for so long through the ebbs and flows. So you know me very well, and you know that I am honest, and you know that I share, and I share with your listeners and my fans because I think it's so important. I think especially now in this climate 
And I, I can't wait till, you know, we get onto a call with Neil Johnson, you know, for another episode, like we can talk about this a lot in the sci-fi market, like this climate in this industry, wherever you are now, it is more challenging than ever. It is more difficult than ever. And so, yes, I am insanely busy. I have chosen and sometimes been pushed as you know, I get pushed and then I get tenacious again into, you know, branching out. And in order to keep a mainstream existence and fan base and, you know, have branched out into so many other markets as well, because nowadays, you know, to get paid well as an actor or writer, director, producer, what have you, is more challenging than ever. And so, that's what I'm saying is I am open to sharing. Yes, it gets so busy because you can no longer be sort of, or I don't want to say you can no longer because actually I am, one of my goals for 2018 is to focus more on being Brooke Lewis actress again. But it's been so challenging, especially before I got engaged and when I was single, single woman in Hollywood in a very expensive place to support yourself financially. I mean, I supported myself in New York as an actress for years and then moved here 15 years ago and it has been a challenge ever since. So again, I know younger people talk about how cute it is and how proud they are and I think it's great to be a quote unquote multi-hyphenate, but sometimes you're forced to do that. I mean, you sort of, you mentioned New York, you mentioned LA, which do you think is more challenging are they, are they very, very different? I mean, obviously, films set in New York look very different from films in L.A. and stuff, but being a working actress or actor, massively different L.A. compared to New York? Massively different. And again, I want to be fair to say that, you know, it's... I, I judge myself a lot here in Hollywood because my career can't touch the career I had at 21 in New York. But the question remains, is it that I've changed? The industry has changed. Uh, my age has changed. So all of the above, you know, there's a very different situation. And this is the truth for a woman at, you know, 21 versus 20 years later. And so there's a challenge in and of itself right there. Um, and for many, many reasons, which I'm very realistic about, but for me, I had such an extraordinary experience as an actress in New York. I was with Paradigm Agency who would not take me when I came to Hollywood because of lack of the big TV credits. So there's a lot that goes into, as we know, the business of the business. And I also know, we know that the business has changed drastically. So I think that, and I do stand behind this, that being a New York actor, first of all, you, it's being a, a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond, and that's the truth. And whereas Hollywood, you are a small fish in a huge, huge ocean, you know, number two, I think that um, unfortunately, Hollywood is much, much less about the art and the skill and the craft of the work. It is about the appearance. It is about the looks. It is about who you know. And so, you know, for someone like me who is not a tall, skinny blonde, you know, it's a lot more challenging to find roles out here when every, you know, beauty king and queen, and I'm just being honest, you know, Kate was told how beautiful they were took one acting class or one on-camera class and then moved out to Hollywood to be a star. Just like, you know, they said in the olden days when you used to get discovered at, you know, the drugstore at Schwab's, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So there's just a different element. I find that even my friends who are actors who stayed back in New York, they work a little bit less, although that's changing now because things are leaving Hollywood. They work a little bit less, but it feels to me like the work is so much more quality. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think how to sort of follow on from that one, but you've sort of, you've mentioned challenges, mm -hmm. um, and you've covered quite a few of them. Do you think it will shift back to the way it was, or do you think it will just change into something else? We don't know what that thing is yet. The, uh, the film you just said it. Yes, sure. You just you just nailed it. It's funny. I had a conversation. I was you know I do a lot of philanthropy and charity work, and we spent last weekend at the uh, with my Breaking the Chains Foundation organization that Deborah Hopkins runs, and I was having conversations. I'm so blessed to be a celebrity ambassador for this organization foundation for eating disorders and body image issues, self-esteem. And I'm so proud that I'm able to give back in that way as a mini celebrity or whatever, you know, what have you. But, and I was on, I'm, I'm there with these board members that are these like brilliant 
actresses, um, Jillian Rose Reed from Weeds and Awkward and Daytime Divas, and the list goes on and on. And oh my gosh, who you will know, Carolyn Hennessy, who is such an icon to me, who was on True Blood and General Hospital. And so I was actually having conversations with these actresses who I look up to, who to me, I would kill to have their careers on TV. And we were having the same conversation around what do we do now? You know, and Carolyn, to quote her, if I may, you know, she said, it will change. You just have to be patient. It will it will all change. We are in a really strange climate right now, Stuart. And it's very scary. It's scary to me. I mean, I, you know, also as a producer and um, sometimes even just as an actress, when I get a direct offer and I'm so blessed to not always have to audition when it comes to indie films now that. I sit, you know, with the film crews, even as the actress and, um, you know, for a film, actually, I'll just shout out to, we'll talk about it later, but Half New Year that I was so blessed to have a direct offer for, actually a role written for me. And in sitting, and so I was so lucky that I got to sit behind the scenes and I was not a producer on this film, thank God, and because I'm so tired of producing. And I sat behind the scenes with the director and the producers and the the lead actor and watching these brilliant, brilliant actors come in. And this is, I want to make sure I'm clear that it's not just on this film. This has been my experience on a lot of films lately where I'm hearing the same conversation like, well, these two actresses were neck and neck as far as skill and talent. They were both amazing. But this person has a bit more, you know, followers on Instagram or this person has a higher ranking on IMDb. Therefore, we have to go with this person. And that is now scarily factoring in. And I'm sure you have this conversation often, you know, it's factoring in now on who is getting cast in film, especially you know, because they're going, okay, well, if this person has a million followers on Instagram, then we can pretty much, or we think we can pretty much guarantee that we'll sell a million units of DVDs because of their following, which whether that's true or not, it remains to be seen. But it's just becoming such a bizarre catch-22 digital universe. Again, catch-22, blessing and a curse. And so... um you know, there's so much going on, just like in the United States right now. I, I, I say it a lot and it's the truth. And when I talk to my intellectual friends, it's like, Brooke, you need to start looking at the entertainment business as just like the government in the United States. And I hate to speak politically, but I'm just saying this. I hate it. But like, you know, the haves and the have nots. And it that feels like a perfect analogy to me when thinking about the industry right now, you know, whether it be, and I'm all for, listen, diversity. Oh my gosh. In Hollywood, it's huge right now as it should be, you know, and you know, the sexism and the me too movement and every day it's something else. And I, again, I am that, you know, me about female empowerment, about equality. That's all I believe and always have, you know, I'm an East coast girl and I'm all about equality and every, you know, love all, serve all. However, you know, what it's doing then is it is sort of, um, how do I say this? Like skewing the, the, the balance system, because then it's like, okay, is the most qualified actress getting hired for this role or is, is the most qualified actress being deleted from the pile because she isn't this age, this color race, this, you know, this, this Instagram influencer, blah, 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 or uh, YouTube station. Right. I, I 100% agree with that. And it's the same in the UK as well. It's in order to to make equality or diversity, they are picking people to fill the gaps for equality and diversity, which is exactly what happened. It's like you can't pick someone because of their skin color because not enough people. It's, it's weird. It's like they're doing the, the crime kind of. It's like, you know, we, uh, trying to, I'm messing my words up. I know exactly what I'm trying to say, though. It's a case of, well, we need more women in films. So let's put women in films. The, there might be a guy that's slightly better or vice versa, but we need to tick that box. And it's like, no, don't just pick the person who's the best. Right. Because then Crazy. you may, I think what you were saying is then you face like um, the artistic integrity of a project, yeah. you know? And again, if we could just kind of let all this sort of 
simmer down. And again, I want to be careful what I say because I'm so about girl power and about, you know, I want women. I mean, there needs to be more female directors. There needs to be more. I love working with my female directors, you know, but again, who cares if it's male or female, like the best person for the job, you know, that's how I see it. And like, it's just getting, there's just so much, the, the point to me even bringing it up at all is that there's just so much in our faces now of, you know, it used to be what was like PC. Now it's like the antithesis of what's PC and the let's push the envelope and, you know, not do what's best for the project, but what's best for whatever issue is at hand. So I think that that, and I didn't mean to get all like political and, you know, but I think (laughs) that's become like a bigger issue and challenge. We'll go back to the challenges of Hollywood and the industry wherever again as well. So for me, um, it has been more challenging than ever. I also feel that the quality, I mean, if we were to go back to, and I was probably not bitter and jaded like I am now eight (laughs) years ago, and if we were to listen to my first podcast we ever did together, I was like, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And, you know, it's not even about age. It's about experience, wisdom, watching what it, you know, what it, how it used to be and watching the changes. And, you know, um, I'll share this with the listeners because it's really, really powerful for me. And I have to give credit again to quotes where it's due. I have the most amazing life coach, Lori Bertazon. And she said something to me in our last session just last week, actually. So perfect timing that resonated with me like beyond belief because I was feeling very stressed and very kind of down about the industry, you know, and she said, you are, you're, you're grieving, Brooke. You're like in mourning, you know, the way it used to be. And it couldn't have spoken to me more powerfully because in a way, Stuart, I am, you know, and I'm not trying to be negative because you know me, I'm always wise. I'm always doing my due diligence, researching, tenacious, trying to find ways to like get around these challenges and to always be you and be fearless and be my own life coach and move forward. But what spoke to me the most out of that quote or, you know, that Lori gave me was that she's right. And I am grieving the industry the way it used to be, the way it was when in order to call yourself a filmmaker, you needed a real professional cast and crew by your side. In order to call yourself a filmmaker, you needed a quality script written by a professional. You needed hair and makeup. You needed proper lighting. You, it was, you know, what world are we living in where you can shoot a film on an iPhone? And I know Soderbergh did it and just had success, but like, Again, let's get realistic. Like, I feel like I am in cuckoo land lately talking to filmmakers who genuinely think that they are doing something that is super professional. They call themselves filmmakers and yet have not proven themselves to be so or the worthiness yet. So again, maybe it is me and I have to look at my own feelings and my own behavior and maybe I am mourning what it used to be and missing the artistic integrity and who's going to, here's the truth, like who's going to get hurt from it? I am because I have passed on more films than I've accepted in the last couple of years that I've gotten direct offers for. I have people who, and I am Please, everyone listening, like I am so blessed and grateful and I always try to focus on the things I'm blessed and grateful for. And I'm incredibly blessed and grateful that I wake up, Stuart, on Twitter, Instagram, and this will segue into this conversation, you know, Twitter and Instagram every morning to to 30 to 100 direct messages, private messages. And I want the listeners to hear this because it is stressing me out. It causes me anxiety. I'm honest. You know, there is no way inside of a day that every person who sends me their podcast link, their teaser for their film, their ebook link, their script to read, their pilot to read, there, if I were to do the story, and I do far too much of it already, and I'm trying to really commit to stronger boundaries, but the world as we knew it is over. 
and the technology has created this. And like now we're in a world where strangers who I've never spoken to in my life, not even longtime fans, because longtime fans, I entertain. I entertain when they request something because I'm one of the most grateful, quote unquote, celebrities or what have you, you know, even at my level. I am so grateful because I would not be here without the fans. I cherish my fans and I will do almost anything for my fans. And when someone comes to me and says, can you donate a hundred or uh, 10 autograph, I better be careful, 10 10 autograph pictures, you know, to a charity I'm doing in two weeks, I am honored to do so if I can help in any way, you know, but what's happening, this is really comical. So now I feel like if I were to sit though and, and, respond and also take on every ask that I'm getting throughout a day, I would never work. (laughs) I would never leave my house. I would never function. And it's getting to the point where I'm already drowning in things, you know, because there's no boundaries anymore because, and I always, I have an inside joke. I have an inside joke with my fiance and my talent manager. Like what would Jennifer Aniston do? Or (laughs) what would I do if I were Jennifer Aniston? And it's just a cute joke, but it's someone that I, admire and would like to emulate a her career but b her kindness her philanthropic nature she's so sweet and i hope i still am even though i'm bitter and jaded now but like you know i go like would this stranger on twitter direct message jennifer aniston right now and ask her to read his his spec tv pilot and give him coverage on it like Stuart, I'm getting asked, and you're a professional, so you know this, like, I'm asked, getting asked, like, 10 times a day from strangers, oh, I admire you so, Brooke, you're such a professional, could you read my TV pilot and give me coverage on it? First of all, Stuart, that takes six hours for <laughs> me does, to do that, yep. <laughs> like, real coverage, like a studio, that would take me an entire day, so you're asking me to do that for you for free, but here's the best part, it happened to me, like, three times recently, Brooke, I admire you so, you're you're so experienced in this business. I have this indie horror film or sci-fi film or drama. Would you, would you please read it and give me some notes or give me your feedback? So my next question is, okay, I don't typically do that unless you want to hire me to do that, but, because I also do like entertainment consulting, but are you offering me a role in this? Oh no, there's no role for you. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, Stuart, it's so cuckoo land. I can't even like wrap my brain around what has transpired. And, you know, again, I don't want to get too much into like the, you know, digital stuff, but it carries over like my publicist, Cats PR, they're amazing, you know, and I had dinner with Jessica a couple a month ago and she, you know, really gave me some tough love about my endorsement deals. And I am blessed, blessed, blessed and thankful to be at a level in my career, even at a small level where I get endorsement deals. And we'll get into that later with my, you know, clothing and makeup lines. And like, you know, where I get paid to do a post with a with a specific wine or what have you. And so again, on a small level, but I, you know, I'm no Michael Jordan here, but like the point I'm bringing up is on a daily, what I'm getting now is waking up again to all these messages, direct messages. Brooke, can I have your address? I really want to send you one of my hats. Oh yeah, Uh, every day. I want to send you one of my hats and if you could post a photo on your Instagram with it, it would just mean the world to me. Well, I need to get paid for that. And I used to do it a ton. I used to do it a ton. And on occasion, I will still do it if it's something that inspires me greatly greatly in fact oh segue real quickly i just have to share this because now i'm getting into a positive space here Stuart. and for all the (laughs) and for all the uk listeners and you probably saw this on my twitter and instagram so a great example was i have a fan she is just wonderful she's just this beautiful young gal from the uk and that's why i bring it up and it's recent so and she was a fan following me on twitter and instagram And I will shout out to Helen's Handmade Heaven. So she had been a fan and I will, you know, I followed her back and I will like her stuff back. And she has a handmade jewelry line. Now, I'll make the long story short, but in a nutshell, longtime fan, she direct messaged me one day and shared something very personal with me, which I'm allowed to share in public to a degree. And she asked if she said she would be honored to design a personalized handmade piece of jewelry for me that she admires me and my work and she would love to design something personal which I felt so honored by but beyond and I get those offers a lot but here's where it touched my soul 
and where I was so inspired to say yes and to help her back. So she did share with me that her mom, mom, M-U-M, her mom had <laughs> her mom had passed away a few years back, and she promised her before she crossed over that she would follow her dreams. I'm gonna cry because uh, I'm so moved by this, and I hope that it moves and touches your listeners because this is what we need to get back to. Not the gimme, 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 entitled because you're an influencer on Instagram, whatever. Like, so she shared with me that before her mom passed on that. She said to her, I want you, Helen, to follow your creative dreams and you focus on your jewelry. And even if it's through challenges, you never give up. And Helen was very sad, obviously, and went into a really tough, tough situation when her mom passed. She shared the story with me and said to me, so if I could have someone like you in Hollywood wear a piece of my jewelry, she said it would just make my mom so proud of me. I was so moved by that Stuart and like I still am every time I think about it and talk about it because and this is where I go okay maybe <laughs> maybe the universe higher power God whatever anybody believes in you know is using me even at my little level in Hollywood and celebrity you know as a vessel to help other people and though that's what what moves, touches, and inspires me, Brooke Lewis, you know, as a human being and as an actress. And if some little bit of me working my butt off here for 20 years now in this business, you know, can help others, then I did my job. And then I'm still doing my job, even when I'm not working as an actress or what have you. And so I was so touched. I said, oh my gosh, I would be so honored, Helen. So then we discussed what I wanted. And long story long, she designed a pair of the most stunning, chandelier style sterling silver earrings for me to wear on a red carpet and I sent her a thank you back and she she had them shipped to me and we've been in communication ever since and I can't wait this is all very recent and I'm waiting for the proper red carpet to introduce them on and I mean she said to me you know I can't even my mom and I told her I was like Helen I said, your mom, and I, this is my belief system, but I believe your mom is looking down on you, smiling in heaven right now, and she is so proud of you, regardless of your earrings getting to Hollywood or not. And she just said, uh, she said, I know my mom's like giggling above. Like, I know that she is just in disbelief that, you know, I have a celebrity in Hollywood like wearing my jewelry, and it touched my soul. So, unless the other listeners that unless somebody comes to me with a situation like this, because I'm so honored and proud of this one, you know, no, the answer is no, I can't be taking pictures and endorsing because there are millions of amazing products out there and props to everyone who has them from the UK to the U S to Africa. But you know, there's not back to the real point. There's not enough time in a day for me to read people's scripts, especially if I'm not offered a role in them. Exactly. So here we go, Stuart. I know <laughs> our, our, we can, and we'll get to my projects, you guys. But I mean, we're getting into one of our, which I love and cherish, our like truth, real talk, like vent podcast sessions, because I think it needs to be heard now. I agree. I've, um, I've had a few guests on over the years and generally they will always email me or so a day before saying, right, what topic shall we cover? And I'm like, whatever comes up, it does. I don't, I don't want to script these podcasts. Yeah. Cause they would sound scripted. So, so it's a, genuine. It's a case of come on, say what you want. You know, if you end up name dropping somebody you don't want to let me know, I'll cut their name out or, you know, that sort of thing. But I, I always describe these things as conversations that just happen to be recorded they're not interviews or anything like that so it's nope. uh, getting to know the real brooke lewis ah, thank you <laughs> who is a hot mess who's a hot mess and i own it and i rock it but yeah it's just you know again back to what we we're saying about the direct messages and the instagrams and the twitters and the facebook fan page and i'm blessed and blessed and i love hearing my fans and the hellos and the the opinions and the praises and i am so grateful for the social media aspect of that but the rest is challenging and you know again it's getting more challenging i love that's our that's the like episode titles like challenges in the in the film industry Definitely. and you know it's getting more challenging Stuart. like 
even for me, you know, <laughs> and I'm such a researcher, which is so important. I hope that helps some of the young listeners as well. Like do your due diligence. I'm gonna have to get like my next like clothing line is gonna have to be with Metal Bay Mayhem. Like rock your due diligence, you know. Definitely, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a winner. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like you have to do your due diligence. And, you know, again, I'm getting hit up by, oh, Brooke, will you read, you know, we want to make an offer for you in our film. And, you know, again, if someone is not willing to go through my agent, my manager, my publicist, there's a there's an issue there. Then there's it's not on a level. It's not going to be professional. And that's just the truth. And so, you know, all these people, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And then I go and I IMDb them and they have one short film credit. And that's okay. We all started somewhere. Trust me, I have short films all over the place now just because I love acting more than anything. And I want to stay relevant, you know, but I choose good projects or at least I commit to and sometimes even then I fail because we don't know what the final product is going to be like until we see it however um you know this whole thing with with everybody claiming they're a filmmaker is just cuckoo to me you know like what and again who's to, who am I to say they're not you know what I mean? Who am I to say someone's not an actress just because they don't even, you know, I don't know what they've done. I can't find anything on the internet. Like, I don't know. Nowadays, we can say anything, right? It's kind of like, I mean, there's definitely still a place in the, in the entertainment industry for an agent. They, they still serve their, their roles and whatnot. But people now have the ability to cut your agent out and come straight into Brooke Lewis's inbox or... Straight into Jennifer Lawrence's or Jennifer Aniston's or whoever, and just contact them straight away. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, we would have had to have found out a postal address for the talent agency that represented you and send them a letter off and, and wait that way. So I could see the sort of social media thing, it has its benefits, but it also, you know, you end up waking up to 30 DMs every morning. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit of a and- headache. Yeah, and guess what? I mean, you can make it more current than the 20 years back. I mean, 10 years, right? Facebook started, what, about 10 years ago that it got big. And so it's been, and again, I mean, you think, and again, that's where my life coach is right. Like, I'm a little bit in mourning over the industry because I yearn for the way it used to be. I yearn for those proper professional channels where, like you said, a script gets sent to your agent or manager first, where um, your entire future as an actor or a director is not based on whether you're ranked in the top 10,000 on the internet movie database or not. Um, You know, I don't even know where half these these statistics come from anymore and who's buying them and what have you, you know? So it's just become bananas and I don't know. I mean, so I have to, I can't change it. I have no control, right? So I have to adapt and I can only, and this is Brooke Lewis life coach, be you and be fearless. And I, and Ms. Vampy, you know, I can only make powerful choices for myself and whatever the consequences end up being, they end up being, you know, but I will tell you this Stuart, on a positive, like I feel incredibly blessed that even at the downtimes the last few years, and even when I took off a couple of years to focus on my life coaching business, my dating expert business, to author two books, you know, coaching from a professed hot mess and Ms. Vampy's tween talk there, or teen talk, actually, the show was tween talk. Now the book is Ms. Vampy's teen talk. There's a lot of power in your choices, all found on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, everybody. And so even when I took off for all of that, and when I had and you know this, like I had a couple big, big reality shows developed around me as a dating expert in Hollywood. And we walked away from one of them because the contract was atrocious. So even when I detoured and took off of acting and now I'm kind of, I feel like I'm getting back into it as of last year, which I'm so grateful for, but I choose powerfully. And for me, less is more quality over quantity. And even when I took a couple steps backward and did a bunch of short films the last couple years, and it feels like a couple steps backward because I would love to have more, you know, features being distributed right now. And I have a couple coming out, but we all know that takes a while. Um, I, so I did the shorts, but my, my point to saying that is that I choose like 
psychotherapy. I mean, my Stacy Lane Wilson, who, yes, is one of my best friends personally, but professionally has the most beautiful eye. Her visuals are incredible. And she hired Stefan Coulson, our DP on psychotherapy. And it is so beautifully shot. It's amazing. And I got to act opposite Ricky Dean Logan from Nightmare on Elm Streets and Back to the Future 2 and 3 for all the sci-fi horror fans out there who is a wonderful actor. I mean, I cast him for a reason. He's also with my management company and we cast him for a reason. Like, so even in a short film, which thank you has won award after award after award, choosing powerfully, making quality product. Shout out to my other short film that just hit the ground running this year, just a month ago, and is already like crushing the award shows and the festivals. I'm so excited. Alan and Millie, a short romance that based on a feature script that I had read and loved from Marcus Redman, wonderful actor back in the day, Doogie Howser, Fight Club. Um, so I think NYPD Blue, I mean, really fantastic actor turned writer, director, super talented writer, did a kick-ass job directing this. And then we got, he brought in Katie and Kelly Williams, this badass twin sister team who are our cinematographer and sound design. Like, they are unbelievable, these girls, winning awards all over the place. They're like on the rise. And then I bring in one of my best friends in the world as well, Courtney Gaines, again, for all the horror sci fi fans and TV fans and movie fans. I mean, talk about a veteran great who I've been friends with for years and years and years and was like, trying to find something for us to act in. And in the interim, we're like, look, waiting for features. And I'm like, let's just do this short. And so again, to get to act opposite these incredible veteran actors that only make my acting better, I, I can't like just so, so blessed. Like, so again, sharing this is saying, I choose powerfully. So even if I'm gonna do a short, it's gonna be a decent budgeted short. It's going to, I mean, we're doing shorts for what people are paying for features now. You know, um, it's going to be professional. It's going to have a full cast and crew. It's going to be done like a pro because that's how I roll. And that's what I have to say about that. So whatever I choose, whatever the listeners choose, just again, do your due diligence, choose powerfully, surround yourself with amazing, talented, professional people because they're only going to make you look better. Here, here, I would clap if it didn't sound so daft on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know I can speak. Like, I'm it, right? Like, Stuart, you know me for so many years. And, you know, I'm, I think, again, I used to be more 10 years ago and in 2007, even when I broke out and was so excited about being a new, the new, they called me the new it scream queen in Hollywood. And I am forever grateful for that forever. It gave me you know, after doing Broadway and nobody and like major mobster movies in New York and nobody knew who I was. And then all of a sudden, again, thanks to the Internet. And I have to, again, look at the positive there. You know, I break out as this it scream queen in Hollywood and it gave me stepping stones that I didn't have before. So I'm so grateful. But again, it's about, you know, using those stepping stones in the right direction and getting involved with and that's what I do, whether it's scripted, unscripted, product, makeup, Tosh Cosmetics, Metal Babe Mayhem, um, you know, and now, you know, Metal Babe Mayhem and I just launched, which I'm so excited about, due to my engagement six months ago, we launched our, you know, we had our Rock Your Hot Mess clothing brand before, and I went to Allison and I said, we need to do something, there is such a lack of quality, again, and why I bring it up is quality, there's such a lack of quality product out there that I'm looking for and looking at for women who have gotten engaged, for all the sexy ladies out there, all shapes and sizes, you know, who are doing their bachelorette parties from London to New York to LA to Vegas. Vegas to New Orleans and nobody has anything fun, cool, comfy to wear, whether it's for a plane ride home or a, you know, drive back from Vegas to LA or just to be comfy, cozy in at the penthouse that you rent out after, you know, when you're finishing your champagne and chilling out at night with the girls or doing the walk of shame in the morning <laughs> for the singles, you know, for our bachelorettes. So we actually have brides rock your hat mess bachelorettes rock your hot mess for the bachelorette party and brides to be rock your hot mess 
so that whatever you are, you know, you get to rock your shirt. And so we're going crazy right now. We're getting incredible feedback that just launched in end of January, 2018 here. And so a lot going on, but a lot of good fun stuff. And I say it again. Yes. I'm proud to shout out. Um, and everybody can still check out. You can find everything too. And, and our Tosh Cosmetics brand, so excited. Like uh, you can do hashtag Brooke 17 and get 15% off of Tosh Cosmetics. We have our Professor Hot Mess makeup and we also have teen makeup for Ms. Vampy girls. So everybody can find everything at either my acting press site, brooklewis.com or on my coaching site, bu and befearlesslifecoach.com. And again, I say it because just choose quality. We are our brand now. And that's something we all have to recognize. Like Stuart, you, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, you are your brand. So who you choose to have on, and I already know, and I'm happy to shut up now. I'd love to hear your, <laughs> your take on this. You know me, I can talk. Um, like, I'm sure you're waking up to 100 DMs a day or emails a day of, oh, can you take my client on your show on, you know, from page to screen? Oh, can you write an article about them? Or can you, and like, you're going and doing your due diligence and you're like, who is this person? They've done, you know, one YouTube video. They're an actor. And it's and I'd love to hear your take on that. I'm sure, but my point is like, um, you know, it's getting so skewed and crazy that you are your brand from page to screen. You have to choose powerfully who you have on as a guest because that's a reflection of you. Yeah, definitely. It's like so if I have a guest on, it'll take maybe an hour or two out of my evening or, or spare time because I hold a day job down as well. The from page to screen stuff gives me so many, so many treats. Being a film geek, it's amazing, but it doesn't pay the rent or buy food or anything like that. So I have a day job to do that side of things, which then funds my from page to screen world, which is great. But I will probably wake up to not def definitely not thirty DMs a day, but a few. But there will be a lot of people who will, as you've mentioned, can you write an article on this thing? You know, and here's here's my online screener to my two and a half hour film. You say, well, that's two and a half hours I've got to find out of an evening after my day job and then they may send me an entire web series to watch and review and you think, I just don't have the time and that's generally what I'll tell them I'll say thank you very much I will try and get to it if I can however I'm very very busy at the minute but so please bear with me sort of thing but it's I have to do the do I can't even say that. I have to do my research and decide mm -hmm. whether I'm able to do it or not. But, uh, and does it frustrate you at times? Well, I think what frustrates me sometimes is my lack of having free time to do it because I have co-hosts on the podcasts, but I still do all the editing, the sharing, uh, everything. The website's me, the social media's just me, any editing is me. So it's just me in my little office room. And I've got my own film projects that I'm putting together, like the Comic-Con one, which came out last year, which was a lot of fun to put together. Uh, and that all takes time, so I wish I wish I had like a little team of people to do it. But for now, it's just me. So, but I do okay with it. You hear that, listeners? So again, let me reiterate what Stuart just said. It is not just a one-hour podcast of his time. It is another hour of editing, another two hours to watch your film, another two hours to type up notes on your film for you. And wait, I want to ask you, oh, I love this juicy stuff here. I'm, I'm being your co-host today. So now, <laughs> have you had anyone on the podcast, Stuart, you don't have to, no names, no spoilers, but who like you said yes, because again, they on, whether it was on social media or their publicist or whoever, quote unquote publicist, submitted their bio to you and you were like, oh, this seems like an interesting guest to have on. And then you had them on and they were like nothing of the sort of what you expected, like in a bad way. Like where? Uh, not for a few years, not for quite a few years where somebody came on and they were super keen and they were gonna make this film and make that film. And they just didn't talk, which you know yourself, if you're doing an audio podcast and you don't talk, that is not an exciting episode to listen to, is it? Because they don't talk. So, say, so what are you working on? Uh, a film. Okay. What's it about? Well, it's, it's a crime film. Okay. And it's like pulling teeth out of somebody, but that is pretty much the only instance ever because I will do my due diligence. I managed to be able to say that word quickly. And See? just do some research. Um, and it's kind of like I've, I've also host Q&A panels at some Comic-Con events. I've done quite a few. I've done 26 of those in three years. Wow. They're a lot of fun because I'm doing what I'm doing now, 
to maybe five or six people. I've done Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Red Dwarf, all sorts of stuff. Okay. And but it's, let me tell you, you see, look, but look what you just mentioned. I mean, Game of Thrones, our favorite show in the world, like Star Wars. I mean, so with professionals, correct? Yes. There's the difference. Yes. Exactly. And my next question to you is, do you feel that your discernment has tightened and gotten or more stringent, stronger since you first started the podcast show versus now as to who you will have on, what you will tolerate or entertain? Definitely, yeah. There yeah, you go. It, it has to. In the same way you wake up to 30 DMs, you need to look through, through those DMs. And if you've got just enough time to deal with two of them, you need to pick the most worthwhile two that suit yourself, really, and where you're headed. Can't do them all. Just go, sorry, not enough time. Can't do them all. It's the truth, and I'm, I think that's what it is. You know, I'm self-discovering every day as a, as a woman, as an actress, as a force in Hollywood, if I may. And, like, it's just – and then I go – and I, I say to my fiancé all the time, Mark, like, am I just getting old? <laughs> You know, I'm not that old yet, you know, and like, am I just getting old? Am I getting bitter and jaded? Because I never thought I would be one of those actresses. But he says, no, you're getting you're you're learning how to work smarter, not harder, which it took me forever to learn. And I am trying to take care of myself because the stress it's it's the noise is, quote unquote, is like louder than ever now. And I just I my biggest concern is that there is very little distinction anymore between a professional and a non-professional and that anyone can paint the picture like they have the same resume and credits as I do. And maybe that's an insecurity on my part, Stuart, but it's getting tough because you look at IMDb and you're like, okay, well, this person has, this actress has 50 films. Then you come to learn that they're 50 two minute YouTube spots. You know, there's yeah. no distinction and no disrespect to them, you know, but there's no distinction anymore between that and me spending seven years of my life as a producer and actress for Sinatra Club making a movie, making a quality two million dollar film with professional actors. There's no distinction anymore. So I'm not certain what to do. Um, what I do want to make sure I shout out to before we end is on a positive note because I really, and I was turning down and passing on a lot of genre features for about the last two years. I just was not reading anything that, that inspired me or spoke to me or was in alignment, let's say. Sometimes they were good scripts. They just weren't in alignment with who I'm committed to being as an actress now. And I'm so committed to having to really my ideal parts now would be like stepping into that grown woman, you know, doing like the villainess or the powerhouse attorney or, you know, really stepping into my, and I know I, I look, I, I still play 30 years old. I, you know, hopefully I still look 10 years younger than I am, but like, I really am tired of, I don't want to, and not that I wouldn't, I want to be careful again, because if somebody, if, if Scorsese came to me and said, I want to want you to play a mobster hooker in my next feature, I would do it <laughs> <Okay>. blindfold. Yep. <laughs> right. So let me be yep. careful what I say, but like, I don't need any more of the indie film, you know, hookers or stripper. Like I'm over it. I'm ready to be a grown up woman. I'm ready to play powerful roles. I'm stepping into that. So that's what I'm targeting right now and being more receptive to with indie filmmakers you know and if for all the listeners if you have and i'm still dying to come to the uk to work you know that i know i can't legally but um i am dying to if any filmmakers from the uk are coming to to the us i'm there um for a great role so but what i do want to shout out to i'm so grateful because i did accept a role that was written for me shout out again i mentioned it earlier to half new year this is a dramedy that the role that i played pam deluca was written for me like five years ago drew mcenany who is my real life like you know fake little brother in real life from philadelphia as well from back east we've known each other for years he was struggling as an actor. He started as a producer in Hollywood. He's working for E Entertainment. Was struggling, you know, as with his acting career, moving here, not knowing anyone in the business really. And he wrote a role for himself to star in, and it was titled Half New Year, feature film. 
and he wrote me his big sister role in the film. So it's Reed and Pam DeLuca. We did for years several table reads and went through a couple different directors and producers and the film hadn't gotten made. And then last year he reaches out to me in the fall and he says, are you ready? Because we're about to shoot the film. I was like, what? You know, I didn't know if it was ever really going to happen. You just never know, you know, and I'd been attached to it for so long. And he was so blessed to have met Georgia Manides, who's an amazing writer, producer. She stepped in, did a rewrite for Drew, came on, produced it, executive produced it, and brought in Tom Morash, who is a Sundance graduate alumni of their program. He's so talented. He's one of the most chill yet artistic directors I have worked with in a very long time. And we got to act in this film that was like, again, like another little film that could a, you know, low budget indie and the people were in, are, I should say they're alive, were so, but it was such an incredible opportunity and an incredible role for me to play. She's like a supporting lead and it's about the it's a group of friends. It's like your friends are the family you choose and it's a very much like a coming of age in Hollywood, the struggles you go through with the industry, relationships and how you grow and how your friends are your family and you go through the ebbs and flows and ups and downs and so it is amazing. And I got to meet Bo Youngblood plays one of the female leads and Shanley Caswell from NCIS New Orleans and The Conjuring for all your listeners. And these are such talented women. It's incredible. And um, Jermaine Martin Alvarez, uh, I always say his name wrong. Jermaine Alvarez Martin. I always say his name wrong. Uh, Jermaine Alvarez Martin. I always mix up the middle and last name. And he got to play Marty and he played, did scenes opposite me. And he's such an adorable little talented actor. And Jeff Dye, who's genius comedy comedian from Last Comic Standing. And he's the star of that show now with, um, what is it, like Better Late Than Never, I think it's called, or whatever, with William Shatner. I need to do my research on this. And Henry Winkler. Sorry, everybody, it's early today. And But, I mean, these amazing actors and uh Matt Schulte, Rebecca Vinagro, um, I don't want to forget any of the leads, uh, John Irardi, super talented, Rome Flynn, I've read about Rome Flynn from all of the, he's a um, soap opera star, and all the Tyler Perry films coming out, and these ki- kids, a lot, I mean, they're, you know, young, and talented, 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 so what an incredible situation, uh, who else? Pierce Cook and Kyle Hardy, Pierce Cook, our cinematographer, awesome, Kyle Hardy, and is the most chill cast and crew and wonderful group who were there. And this is probably why I'm so passionate about it, too, because besides the script being great, my role being great, everybody being so great, like just heart and soul. And I had missed that, that it reminded me, rewinding back to 20 years ago, right out of college, like you know, my days in New York when you made indie films for the right reason, the right purpose, the right passion and the right people. And I'm so grateful. I can't wait to see the finished product. It's in post right now. So that's something that's like really exciting for me. And I know we'll talk more about the sci-fi horror stuff later. Uh, One other quick shout out that I'm waiting to finally see the final cut, but got a shout out to a short, short film that's just such a sweet little like charming thing that we did uh, a year ago and it's finally coming out. I'm waiting. So my friend Dave Rita, who people know as zombie Dave and he loves his little zombie shorts. And so he asked me to work with him. He'd been trying to work with me on something for years. And I said yes to just a really sweet little comedy horror zombie thing. Um, I don't want to say too much, but like a little little comedy horror romance thing. So it's really cute and we'll see what happens. I mean, we're just going to hit the circuit with the festivals and stuff this year. So again, it's all fresh and new. I don't want to say too much. I don't know too much, but shout out to that as well called Rotting Love is the title of that one, Rotting Love. So just for the listeners to keep a lookout at the festivals, if we ever get into anything in the UK, check us out, support and there you have that. Because there are a lot of festivals popping up in the UK. I attended last week, probably the week before now, actually, time flies, for four days, the Newcastle International Film Festival. 
So I was there with my cameras. I met Sean Pertwee. I actually got to speak to Abel Ferrara, who's done oh. Driller Killer in King of New York. I got to film him filming somebody else. It's yeah. a dream, dream come true. So I've spent the past week or two uh, uploading all the content to my YouTube channel and stuff. Don't worry, I won't send you all the links. But it was oh. it's bizarre that here's this film geek from from Scotland who moved to England and I'm sitting there filming Abel Ferrara filming somebody else and it's bonkers. It's a crazy that is world. Extraordinary. I mean, and I know who Abel Ferrara is and uh, sort of being a New Yorker and like, I mean, true film buffs will know who he is, you know, and like, Oh, what an incredible, incredible opportunity. Well, look, I am still like one of my goals. I've been saying it for years. I have yet to get to the UK. We are going to be there. I'm thinking in the next year or so um you know it's gonna happen so i can't wait so i can face-to-face meet everybody and we can have a big party and oh how exciting but i'm i would love to come out i'm still waiting to come out to do like a horror con you know definitely i mean the the one i do in wales is a science fiction convention but i'm trying to nudge him into turn it into a horror one as well because the genres do cross over so yep you know, we talked about that. Remember, and I did that one video two years ago. You know, and I would totally come out. I would totally come out. It would be. It would, I would, you would have the headlining thing. Aww. So it's every September I do that. This is the fourth year coming, where I just get on stage and just talk yes. for eight hours, totally unscripted, no idea what's going to come out of my mouth, and so far I've not fallen over yet and said anything stupid. So, I got to come out for that one of these well. years. Yeah, and, whether it's this year, next year, I got to come out. Maybe next year. I got to come out for that, really. Even if it, we'll, we'll we'll talk. I mean, even if he just would, you know, spot the hotel, we'll figure it out. There's always air miles. And uh, Annette and I have written a film. Which you is did? She as she's always wanted to write a novel because she's. I mean, I'm the film buff. She's more. She will read so many more books yes. in a year than I do. So she's the big reader, and she wanted to write this this novel about a woman serial killer who wasn't a crazy serial killer. She was just normal person who just so happened to kill people so we talked about that and then we were sitting we went on holiday to the island of malta uh, last year and we were sitting we were talking about it waiting to be picked up to be taken back to the airport so we were sitting we're talking and i said well why don't we write a short story just when this serial killer when she's a young girl and so we sat and we talked and i ended up turning this thing into a screenplay so she's written the story the screenplay is ready to go and I've got somebody in mind over here forecasting. She's a wonderful 10-year-old actress <gasps> who just so happens to be from the next town to me. So that's great. So the next stage now is to sit down with them and go, right, read the script, put your input into it. What's your take on it? How do you think this plays out? And then we're going to try and Annette and I are going to shoot that this summer. That is such great news. Congratulations. Oh, I love it. You're such so a team. <laughs> exactly. We work well. So she's a story by, and I've asked Annette, I said, look, what do you want to do on the day? She went, I'm just happy to just help around. Because she's, she's not quite got to the point where she's comfortable, you know, let's go out and meet Sean Pertwee, or, you know, let's go up and say hi to Abel Ferrara. She's like, well, no. Uh, she's not quite got to that point yet, whereas I'm running towards them yes. going, hey, how you doing? Let me have a picture. Um, she's but so she's, She was always more shy, though. Yes, but she's yeah. coming out a little bit. I mean, she uh-huh. on these events, she will come to them. She'll be a bag of nerves beforehand. And <laughs> but then once she's finished speaking to whoever she's finished speaking to, she always says, I'm so glad I did that. So she's getting there. She's doing well. She's so cute and so lovely. Your significant yeah. other. She is great. I'll never forget the first time I met her on Skype years back. And she was like, oh, she was like, oh, my, I can't do a British accent. You know that. But she was like, oh, my God. She's like, I'm talking to Miss Bumpy. I was like, you're so <laughs> cute, Annette. Because <laughs> this is the first time that we've had a conversation on a podcast where she hasn't been here. Because she was on the second one as well. So, and she would have been if she wasn't working. But uh, You give her a big hug for me. And I will. That's it. And we're, we're, we're going to talk another. <laughs> we, we, shall, we shall end this episode. And then the next episode, it'll be Mr. Neil Johnson, who yourself that introduced me to Neil Johnson. I did. And, I mean, talk about another extraordinary man, filmmaker, human being, professional 
you know, I mean, you know, I've had nothing but praise for him and gratitude for all the starships, Starship Rising, Starship Pugles, Alien Dawn. I mean, and then what he has created now is just a, a mecca. And I'm not going to say another word because I'm going to save it for that. All the all the spoiler alerts, all the listeners are going to have to come back for that episode because we're going to talk sci-fi and Oh, I know we're going to get more into the challenges of Hollywood and filmmaking from here to the UK. Because uh, a few weeks back when I said that I was on a podcast with Neil, because him and I have done quite a few episodes together. Mm-hmm. We've probably maybe a dozen. He, the guy's been to my house a couple of yes. times. We've, um, sat, we've been out for dinner and, we, you know, we've had conversations. And, and so, you know, you introduced us together. So that is great. And he did say to me, he said, oh, get Brooke on. Get her to tell some Starship stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. You know. He wants me to, because he knows I'm not shy. He wants yep. me to dish. <laughs> so we shall end this particular episode, and then we shall resume with yourself and the wonderful Neil Johnson. Mr. Johnson. Nice. <laughs>